McEwen wheels in front and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Cam York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 102 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Snumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? I am doing well. I mean, the Flyers, they look they look better than expected. I'll yeah. say that. It, it's an impressive... I was just actually just thinking this to myself this morning. Like, for a 4-4-1 four, four, start, it's like one of the most impressive 4-4-1 four, four, starts you, you could ask for. And it feels different from last year, right? Because they also got off to a pretty good start last year. But that was like lucky bounces and other teams not showing up for the game. And it, it just feels different this year. They're not going to be amazing, but absolutely better than expected. Just the effort night in, night out. It's been it's been really fun to watch. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to last um, too, too much longer, but I can appreciate what I'm watching so far. I mean, they should have won that game last night against a really good Carolina Hurricanes team. I, I actually think it might last... But I think the result's going to be what we saw last night. Like, the yeah, better teams th- are just going to put us away. Absolutely. I think games like – maybe I should have said I don't think the wins were last is, yeah, is what I mean. I yeah, results. I Games like last night is exactly what – I mean, if we're being real here, is what you want as a Flyers fan right now. You want to see the young guys improve, Brink, Frost, York, all those guys tip it. You want to see those guys make strides, but at the same time, I mean – this team isn't going to compete for anything, so losing at the end of the thing at the end of the game is good for a, a, a draft pick standpoint. But I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again: this team is going to lose games. That's going to happen. They're just other teams are just way too skilled, and uh, the more we get into the season, the more that will be apparent. But enjoy what we're watching now. You know, like enjoy watching the wins, enjoy watching these really close games because. I mean, they deserve our support right now because they have been playing really good. I mean, there's, there's been, what, two games so far? Maybe just maybe just the Ottawa game that they've kind of looked like they didn't want to show up for. But other than that, I, I really don't think it's been that bad. It's been extremely impressive to watch considering where they were as an organization last year at this time. You know what I mean? It's just things are looking up. Yeah, the, the record honestly should be better. They, they should have two more points. I'd say they go to OT in both those games and lose. Vegas. Yeah, like, last night was fucking... That was a good hockey game, dude. Like, I haven't watched a Flyers game like that in... Probably since the bubble year. I would probably say. It was fun. It it was was very fun. It was awesome. Frost was going up. Delorier took... Yeah. That shift was crazy. Hathaway celebration was electric, too. That that? whole play was awesome. With Delorier. I mean, like, one shift, you're like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I can see why people complain. And the next, it's like he's just in the offensive zone, shouldering. I mean, he's not the most skilled guy in the world, but he, like, throws dudes off pucks and just, like, tosses the puck in the middle. I mean, it, like, at the crease. It's just so funny to watch because, I mean, he really can be effective at times. And, that I mean, that yeah, lane draw shift. Yeah, dude. Like, what, I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? I mean, it's been really, really fun to watch. And like you said, Hathaway getting his first. As soon as he scored, I was like, that's a goal that he scores in Philly on a Tuesday as a capital. And I'm just like, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Just like, dude, yeah. fucking right off the bat, too. That's, a, that, that's, a, that's a, the exact goal that he scores, like, a minute 30 into the game. It just, it's, it, 
was cool seeing that. He's the type of guy that you hate playing against him, but when he's on your team, it's it's I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like the Marshan, like we hate him, but could you imagine if that guy was a flyer? Oh, he'd you know? be an icon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, he's one of those players, so it's just it was nice to see. Like I just said, the entire game last night was was very fun. I hope we see more of that. And Dude, they're playing well. It's like they th- they're closer than I thought. They just they need to learn. They need to keep learning from this. Learn how mm-hmm. to win games. Like I watched Carolina last night. Oh, After so they went up three two, that was a master class on how to close out a game. Like yeah. they had us pinned in our own zone for like basically until the end of playing, the game. Playing four corners basically is what they were doing. Granted, we, we were. Just, these are lessons we have to learn. Yeah. Go ahead. Granted, we were at the end of the shift, the current shift, and there were some tired guys on the ice, but that was the clinic of, like you said, of how to end the game. I mean, they were literally just playing four corners and just shielding the, the, the guys off the puck. But to go back on the on the good start and them looking good, Sean Couturier being back really, really does help this team, obviously. I mean, we had so many people spec- uh, speculating, like, oh, will he come back? And, and be Sean Couturier. And, I mean, me, I, I think me and you said, even if that guy comes back 80%, it's still a really effective player. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, his game was never athleticism-based, you know? No. He was yeah, always never, a slow player, so yeah. it's like, how so much nice. slower can he get? Yeah, he, he, honestly, it doesn't look that much slower. I, I, mean, I haven't noticed anything to where it's been like, oh, he's... Especially like what eight nine games into the season, like I haven't there hasn't been a point where I've been like, oh, he looks slower. Like he's beaten the guys the pucks, and a lot of that has to do with his off the puck smarts and just how he knows where to be at all points. But like you said, his game's never been about straight line speed. That's for sure. I mean, as of right now, he is exactly how I remembered him before he got hurt. Yeah. That's how he's looking. He, he looks just as effective. His impact is felt just as much. I mean, you really saw it in the Edmonton game. Yeah. Blocking down McDavid, Dreisaitl, all those guys. That was that another was good game. Even though, just like every game other than that Ottawa game. What was that Ottawa game? Game three, I think it was. I believe game so. Game two. Game was it game two? two? Yeah, because that yeah. was just... An obvious pooper <laughs> from all aspects of the game. So I hope I we didn't see enjoy more. Anaheim either. I'm not gonna lie, Flyers Anaheim. Yeah, that, that one kind of got under my skin a little bit. I really wanted that one, but Anaheim did get another big road win after that. So maybe they're just rolling right now. I don't know. They do look. I mean, they're a good young team, man. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a couple of guys on that on that team that you look at and you're like, okay, if they uh if they continue to develop, then. On him, I mean, like Mason McTavish is a, is a is a fucking stud, dude. Like that that kid is so good. Trevor Zegers hasn't got off to the best start in the world, but we know he's good. Minchukov, he's another guy, defenseman. He's insanely good. So, yeah, they're 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 a sneaky team. Like they're a team that obviously isn't going to make the playoffs, but they can definitely play spoiler towards April, March. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you have to feel with them that they're going to break through sooner, like rather than later. You have to think that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. <laughs> the Ducks have been bad since I've been watching hockey. I mean, I remember watching 
a little bit of them in the playoffs in like oh nine, ten, maybe two thousand eleven. But other than that, they've been pretty irrelevant from the from a hockey standpoint. So it would be cool to see that team kind of get a turnaround going. You know? Yeah, I just think they have too much talent coming and already there. Like I, I think once those guys all hit their prime, there's like no scenario where they're not good if they all stay. I shouldn't yeah. say that. Oh. All depends on what. Like that's an insane core. Like when you really think about it, like Scary. when they're all in their prime, and and they're patient too. I like that too. They're still picking their shots, playing the draft, getting lottery picks. I mean, I didn't even mention Leo Carlson. <laughs> yeah, Leo Carlson. Like that. When they're all in their primes, it's going to be ridiculous over there. That's scary. Um, but let's transition to to Frost because he did play last night when we were talking about this Carolina game, and obviously he missed the six games that he did. I just wanted to get your initial thoughts on that whole situation because I don't think we've talked – we definitely haven't talked about that because we've missed the last three weeks since our last episode. Well, one game, it's like, all right. It's, I, don't, I didn't really think it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Just kept it in stride. They played well. Whatever. You, that's an excuse for two games. Whatever. You can have that. I think after they had their first loss and he still wasn't in there, and they still had Paling, Delorier, Hathaway, and I was like, all right, this is just getting kind of ridiculous. I don't think it should have stayed at like five at five six games. I think that's kind of ridiculous. But he was back in last night. He looked good, and, and good. towards towards at the end of the day, he did mention like he knew he had to get him back in. He felt bad about it, but the team was just playing well. So I, I really don't think it's the slight at Morgan Frost that some people may think it is. I, I, I kind of believe him. I'm not going to lie. I really just think he genuinely thought other people were playing better, and he thought, oh, I got to get them in, but we got to just lose first because we've been playing well up until that point. But I thought he looked good last night. Uh, he should have had multiple points. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. He's so snake-bitten when it comes to getting his scoring going like early in the season. It's actually insane. Um, Seems to happen a lot for him. But that was a great response game. Not gonna lie. I mean, it's something that think? we talked about off the pod with the way that he's responded to adversity. I mean, throughout his career. I mean, obviously we're we're, we're Frost guys. We liked him coming out of um, the same Saint what the Greyhounds. I'm not gonna try to pronounce it. I suck at pronouncing. Sue Saint Marie. Sue Saint Marie. There you go. Um, so like, it's not a it's not a secret that we've been high on him, and just throughout his career, he's had to deal with. Just adversity, and it's it's. He, you've never seen him hang his head. You've never seen him say something to the media where you're like, ah, like he's, that's probably just an emotion thing. Like he's always come back, and he's always responded well, especially after games where he sat. So like he got sat in, in Toronto last year when his family was there, and then responded well to that and led the team in points to finish the season. And another example is Torts with him now, and how Frost said, "I think you sent it to me. Pretty sure." Um, that he was saying, like, I want to be here. I never asked for a trade. I think I can make an impact here. And it's just, it's cool to see a prospect respond to adversity the way he has so far. Not saying this kid is going to be like Gretzky or anything, but it's nice to see that he's mentally tough, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. Especially with social media. I mean, it. Yeah. it's gotten ridiculous. It really has. Like, the hate on Frost has gotten so bad here that – Anyone who says anything remotely positive about him is just labeled like 
oh unrealistic fairy tale land like you, it's ridiculous it really is know. like the it's constant just... donking like i see people that are who, who aren't even watching games and they're just they're seeing frost is getting benched and they're like ah i'm just here for like the, the drama of this i'm like ah, this shit's weird like it i want a flyer player in morgan frost to succeed and like so do other fans i at least i thought but it's really not the case it's it's kind of weird it's really weird. He's like the one player on the team that like certain people just root for to fail. He starts doing good, and these people warm up to him a little bit, and they're like, oh, they're like they, they hedge their bets a little bit. They're like, oh, <laughs> Morgan Frost might be a dude. He might be a player. And then he goes on a little skid or gets benched, and they just take that opportunity just to slam dunk it right back as if they haven't learned before. And it's it's just really it's gotten ridiculous. I just wanted to say that. I'm not saying that Scott Lawton's been bad, but I mean, like, that guy doesn't have a goal yet, and, like, you would think that he has fucking seven with the way that some people talk about him. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I think it's just a pure example of how people attach themselves to players and have this one mindset about him, and anything that anybody says bad or good, like, they react off that, you know what I mean? With whatever way they think. If somebody says something bad about Lawton, it's just like, oh, I'll go defend him. But if it's Frost, then it's just like, let it happen kind of thing. It's just these people like attach themselves to players and don't see things objectively. Like, we will call out, and Frost was playing bad. Frost is playing bad. But, I mean, like, last night, still, I, I've gone back and forth with people on Twitter last night. Oh, he, like, looked invisible. I'm like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, are you watching the games objectively and then basing what you're watching and just saying what you're see you know what i mean just say what you see why do you have to go into games and just lie or like lie to yourself if, if you generally think frost did not look good last night i have no idea what to tell you he should have had at least two assists uh, maybe three uh, he looked fantastic last it, night and i mean even torts acknowledged it. like he didn't answer it after the game because he likes to answer how players played the day after because he wants to watch film and he even torts gave his props to him like yeah he looked good he had two th- three maybe even four really good high scoring chances that he created and i just don't understand how people can't give props when props are due because over here at least like i just said if frost is playing bad we will admit that you know what i mean like he frost wasn't playing well enough to warrant himself to not be in the lineup when torch was doing what he was doing you know what i mean like i would have been on twitter Scream like if Frost started the fucking season with like f- three goals and two assists, and then he got benched for a couple of games, then I'm like, yeah. But Frost didn't play well enough in the beginning of the season, at least in my viewpoint. I mean, I don't think anybody was amazing, but he didn't w- play well enough to not sit on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And dude, outside of the assist, how about the wraparound try that drew a penalty? Yeah, like that's a that's a goal. If it's not a penalty, that was a really good penalty. Like not not gonna sit here on this pot a lot and say, oh, that was a really good penalty. But I mean, yeah, that just that definitely saved the goal. Like, he was one hundred percent wrapping that puck around. Caught the goalie. I don't know what happened with the goalie, but there was <laughs> no way he was getting back across, dude. Like that he was, was done for. But I think that's pretty much all to talk about with Morgan. It's just continued to do what we saw last night. And even Torts mentioned today that that clip that you sent me, um, I thought it was pretty interesting. He was like, yeah, he started the game actually pretty shaky, had a couple of turnovers, but I've tried my best to focus on letting them try things and create because you know turnovers are going to come with that, but let them do it and let them fuck up because they're just going to get right back on the horse and try again kind of thing. So it was nice hearing him say that because – 
he didn't take all his time away from Morgan because he started slow and had a couple of turnovers. He kept going to Morgan, kept going to Morgan, and towards the end of the third period, Morgan was like double shifting, and it got him going. It, it was good. Like I have no complaints with how Torres has handled Frost this year, and I hope it continues because I, I him and connecting together. I'm talking about Frost. It's just insane. And if Forrester it's can... It's always worked. It's always worked. It's always worked. Yeah. I mean, even when it was back in 2019 when they were with Giroux, it's always worked. And I've always fucking slammed my hand on the table for those two to stay together for at least a six, seven game stretch so you can see what they can create. And I mean, we saw what they created last night. And if Forrester can wake the fuck up, that line is actually kind of fucking crazy because Morgan Frost will set... I mean, he set him up last night in the first game that they've been together this year. So... I think, like I just said, if Forster can wake up a little bit and those two connecting and Frost can stay together, I have little doubt that that line can't be a line that just sticks together the entire year, warranting those guys stay healthy kind of thing. So, because they're just connecting and Frost together is just so fun to watch. So, I hope they keep it together. And to add on to the offensive leash thing that you were speaking yeah. on with Torts, I mean, that's two games. One against Vegas, I believe it was York with the turnover in Vegas. Bad, bad and, turnover in Vegas, yeah. And Kate's with the bad play against Carolina. And Last you can line, see yeah. there's no panic button being hit. There's no guys getting chewed out. There's no overreaction. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a part of the process. And yep. I, I do like that approach to it. Because there, there's some people who are just like blindly think like, oh, Torts is gonna, he's gonna light them up now. Yeah. He's gonna bag skate on like you know the narrative on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like he I don't hates know, young dude. players. Look at him with Bobby Brink the other night. Like that like, was an, I thought that was an awesome moment. Yeah, yeah, uh, tapping him on the helmet like that that was really cool to see. He looked genuinely happy for him. Don't you love the people who come out and say that Torts like isn't good with you know, the, the young players and where, where he doesn't play the young players. It's like there were some people during that whole frost betching thing coming out being like, oh he hates the young players. Like not shocked to see this happening for the entire hates- team is young. Yeah, what are we talking about here? Like look at Brink, look at Tyson Forrester. Cam York is what, twenty one years old. Ty- uh Igor Zamula is twenty three years old. There are a lot of lot of young guys on this team. There are older guys as well. Don't get me wrong, but to sit there and say that he doesn't play young players is just insane to me, at least. I mean, look with uh, Frost. He puts him right back into a, an offensive role. I mean, I guess that's the least you could ask for, right? But yeah, still did it. At least he didn't throw him in for paling, like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least he was real about it and put Lawton down there. Like, I thought that was a solid change. I was actually pretty concerned about that when I first I was I was at work when I initially Same. saw I was like okay is he is he in tailing spot or is he like in an offensive role and then I saw the interview with uh, the media and he was like I'm not gonna put Morgan in a non-offensive role and then I saw the lines I said okay tonight will be fun then <laughs> and it was like that was a good game that we definitely should have won so there was a couple opportunities where I think Brink overpassed a little bit. I think if he just wires it, he might have had a goal. I think there was mm-hmm. two. I, uh, two of them I can think of. And that's uh, something that he looks great, though. Yeah. He's current, I mean, not that the pace is going to stick and continue, but he's currently on pace for, like, I think, 70 points, 68 points or something like that. <laughs> it's 
insane. He looks he good. Has... He looks good. He's just an effective player. Like it's he not. Is. It's nothing that like so is really eye popping. Yeah, it's smart. Is what it is. It's IQ. Yeah. But I, I don't know. He's like slick too. It's it's so hard to explain. He's like a such a weird but yet satisfying player <laughs> to watch. Do you know what co- uh, a comp that I saw on Twitter yesterday that it kind of was like eye opening for me? It Braden Point, but without the insane skating. Yeah, like a wobbly, was like, yeah, a clumsy yeah. Braden Point. Yeah. yeah, like a clumsy Braden Point. Insane ho- hockey IQ, puts himself in the position where it seems like the puck is following him, and then just has the puck on a string. Like, did you see that breakout that Brink had? I think it was after the first or second period last night. Then lobbed it to Joel Farabee, who caught yeah. it, put it down, and then slid it over. I mean, that's Dude, just... Imagine if that goes in. Holy that's what I'm shit. saying. Like, that's Braden Point type puck on a string, being able to, to make guys miss and get out of his zone. He has that ability for not being the biggest guy in the world down in the trenches. His edges, his his, his hands, it just his, his ability to just basically go through guys and then continue to keep possession is just insane to see. It's nice to see it translate to, to college. I mean, from college because that's exactly what he did in college. Was that except like you'd just be like, how does he still have that puck on his stick? And then it just cross crease on his teammates' tape, and it's just like, oh shit! And that's exactly what we're seeing. And I had my doubts, man. Like I really did. Like I had a couple, like some doubts about how it would translate, just because he looks so clumsy. Like I was like, how effective? <laughs> would, how effective is he going to be at the NHL level? But he's still like doing so the same good. shit. He's still doing the same. It's crazy. He's still so effective. Like I said, it. He's just the kind of player where he doesn't look like he's going to make the insane play, but then he does it. And you're like, oh, my God, holy shit. He really just threaded the needle like that pass through three people. And it's it's been fun to watch. I'll say how about, how, many, how about him on the power play, not to cut you off? His power play work yeah. has been he, – he, he's our best playmaker easily. Him and Frost, I think, are two guys on the power play that can really, really create – set guys up and we saw a little bit with Morgan with Tyson last night and and Konechny but Brink his ability to just set guys up and and sit into open pockets of space has just been insane to watch so far Um, and he will continue to stick it on power play one for the continue I mean I I guess it really hasn't been one or two they've just been kind of because last night, the first power play went to power play one, and they were on the ice for the first minute. And then power play two came on, quote-unquote two. And then the next power play they got, power play mm-hmm. two started it. So yeah, I think they're, they're all just kind of... their own head with this shit. Like, it, it's, they need to find a unit that works and really yeah. just need to ride with it. And I think they, they do too much of trying to spread the talent out to have two effective units, but... I don't know. Let's just get the top one effective. Yeah. Because it zero for five. We get it. We get a power play goal or two in that game, and like that game's put away. That's a Flyers win. Their entries but. have been so bad for so many years, and it's the same shit every time. It's take the puck up center ice, wait for the drop back, drop the puck back, and then have the guy try to walk through eight guys while all of his teammates are stationary because they can't enter the zone until he does. And why do they still do that? It's, it's, it's like, been happening since G. Drew's gone, though. It's like, why do they still... It's hilarious. I, it's, I know. It, 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 it's, it's insane. It, anything else. Try anything else. It's just the same. And it's like, 
they'll fuck up three times, <laughs> and then the fourth time they'll bring it up, and they'll do it again. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. So predictable. Like, the guy brings it up. It's like, oh, oh what am I going to do? What am I going to Drop back. <laughs> drop like, back. Yeah, everybody in the arena knows it's a fucking drop back. But that's a good point. Uh, they do seem to kind of spread the talent out a little bit too much. Just, just make the first power play good before you try to figure I mean, just make the first one. What? Couturier? Brink on the right wall. Couturier behind the net. Who's on the left wall for you? Joel? Hmm. Or, or are you flipping it for the, the shot? So, Brink on the other wall, and then Joel on the right wall at, on top. So you get that one timer going. Yeah, I mean, let's try it. With York at point. Because, I mean, that's what, I mean, yeah. they're still trotting Sandheim out in the power play. And Sandheim, granted, he's been decent this year. Helps when you're playing with Cam York. But he's just not a power play guy. He's just so fucking brutal to watch on the power play. It needs to be York. So I think a, a unit of Couturier, probably Konechny in the in the slot, and then Farabee and Brink on the walls of the New York. Yeah, I think that would be my, my first power play initially. And then if Forrester gets red hot, Frost you, and, you'd look to put him in there. Yeah, I mean, I think Forrester and Frost could should just be the wall guys on the next power play. And then put Cates on net front, and then tip it in the slot. I think you're good. <laughs> Unless I'm forgetting. Like, I'm not looking at any, like, roster right now, so maybe I'm forgetting. Like, Atkinson? Fuck Atkinson. Like, why does he have to be on the power play, dude? Like, let the younger guys get the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I did yeah. forget him. Tippett's he, probably got to be on one. I put Tippett in the slot on the, on the second one. But I definitely missed a couple guys. But you get my point. Just try to load up, like you said, the first unit and try to just get that going and see. Yeah, let's find one that works and just ride it out. Because we could use a couple goals in these games from our power play. It would help because it's it's insane that our penalty kill is more of a momentum builder than our power play. And it's been that way for a good little bit now. And it just sucks to see. Like, as a fan, you want, like, if a guy gets tripped, I want to be like, oh, let's go. Like, we're going to get the power play unit out here. We're going to score a fucking goal. It's going to be a nice goal. Everyone's going to be high. No, we we never get that. It's always like they lose the face off, cleared. Drop back, failed, cleared. <laughs> it's like, all right. Well, it's such a momentum zapper. Wait like five, six months, and you might get a guy who might make you start going crazy when you see York get tripped up and the hand go up and cut a Gauthier. So that would be pretty cool to see him like He's going to be a demon on the power play. Can't <laughs> wait. Hilarious. Dude. Speaking of the power play, do you know somebody, like while we were talking about this, like, it kind of popped in my, in my head. Do you know who would be a fun defenseman? Does he get maybe a little bit of time? On the power play, Sean Walker. Because he like, he, sh- he does he, he he's shown ability to like kind of dangle his way into the ozone. I mean, granted, what I've seen him do is like on the right wall and not on the point, but he he's shown the ability to to just play well. I, I just it hasn't really been anything like out of order. I mean, not out of order. It hasn't been anything over the top. You know what I mean? It's just been he's been solid. He's been solid in breakouts. He's been solid defensively, and then offensively, I didn't know he was that skilled. You know what I mean? Like he's pulled out some uh, some tricks out of his sleeve. So Not I would like to see to him. hit a guy too. Yeah, and I he, like he's Sean been. Walker, man. And he he's if he continues to play like this, I and mean, maybe not this well, because I mean he's been really really good this year. 
But if he continues just to be good, he's a right-handed defenseman. How many playoff teams are going to want him? And what are they going to give up for him? Especially if he's playing like this. If he's, if he's still playing like this come March, April. I mean, uh, when's the deadline? February? February? Dude, a first-round pick isn't insane. Not, not first-round pick. I'm sorry. Like, a third, second-round pick isn't insane to say. Right-handed defenseman on a playoff team. Maybe not a second, but like a third isn't crazy. Like, we definitely could get something back for him. You know what I mean? Like, he was kind of like yeah. a dump in the Provorov trade. I really do I, think maybe a second, a third. Dude, I was just going to say, nine. Ga- I know it's nine games in, but the Provorov trade already looks even better than how it yeah. all- It was already a master class. It's even better now. Just nine games. Like, the timelines for Provorov, it- I don't know what the fuck Columbus is thinking. Like, that's not going to match fuck up. Fuck Columbus. They're going to have to pay him some amount of money that he's not worth eventually. Probably some long-term deal. Meanwhile, we're going to flip this guy for a nice asset at the deadline. Already got a first. What do like, you think we could get for him? If he, like if, if Sean Walker continues to play the way that he's been playing this year, and, like, say a couple teams, playoff teams this are, this is, lose a couple defensemen, especially right-handed ones. I mean, like, we, we've talked about how much... They're a commodity in the in the NHL. Just they're like looked at differently. I mean, look at Risto. Yeah, I mean, I could see a, a if they get ahead of the market, I could see a desperate team giving up a first. Would we see Tanner or Tanner Janot go for last year? Yeah. I mean, look at that. An uh, absolute I haul. I don't think it's insane to say that Sean Walker could maybe bring back a second or a third. Ryan Reeves brought back a first once upon a time. Yeah. So it was, it was a bit ago, but it, it happened. Let's not uh, let's not count hockey guys out. I mean, know? Scott Lawton fucking about to weird. Go for a first, like <laughs> should have gone for a fucking first, dude. Yeah, I mean, I that's, that's still insane to me that he's here. He should. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Scott Lawton. I understand he's a good guy in the locker room. But I mean, if a team was legitimately offering a first round pick for Scott fucking Lawton, that's insane to me to not pull the trigger, especially given where this team is. In uh, the sense of rebuilding, I mean, could you imagine if we had three first round picks in this draft coming up? Mm. Wouldn't it be something? It, yeah, but let's look at the standings. I know it's only nine games in, but since I just brought up that draft, which I mean, Flyers fans, I feel, I haven't seen a lot talk about how like, we 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 have that Florida pick. You know that, right? And they're currently. Four, three, and one, nine games in, and they have a lot of key injuries. They are three, one, and zero in their last five. I mean, at home, so that's good, dude. <laughs> People need to keep tabs on that more because if they continue to play the way they are right now, they'll finish middle of the pack, way outside of the top of uh, the ten. So having two first round picks, maybe close say- to back to back. Sean Walker goes at the deadline for a first, and then you just flip a whole bunch of other guys too for some complimentary picks. Like, yeah, that could, that could be something, man. That yeah. could really be something. That's why it's tough not to get excited. Cam it's, Atkinson, like, what does yeah. if Cam continues to play well, what does Cam bring back? Because I mean, you look at Cam Atkinson's contract; he's making five point eight uh, this year, and then next year, and then he's a unrestricted free agent, so he's on an expiring contract in the next couple of years. 
it's it's very interesting, man. They have a lot of guys on this team that I mean, like him, Lawton. Don't see anything happening with Kateria. You keep Kateria, Walker, and then obviously Sealer because you had teams knocking at the door last year, and if he continues to play he the way he is, he'll definitely get some calls on him. So, yeah, it's something to keep tabs on because like, it's nice to watch how they're playing. But at the same time, I don't know if this is just me or you too. I do have in the back of my mind, like, hey, four or five months from now, this is going to look like a different team. Younger, um, a lot of guys that we wanted to see start the start the year with them are going to be here along with a guy like Couturier and Konechny and stuff like that. So there are so many storylines to look at and follow throughout this year, not just win-lose because there's so much beyond that that I'm excited to, to, to see how it plays out. I feel the same way. After every single one of these close losses, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we win that game in two years from now. Two years yeah. from now when, when Mishkov's here, Cutter's here, everyone's taking steps, getting older. I mean, you work two years from now, like, Bonk maybe comes through, and then we have all these picks coming up in the next. Like, we win that game like against Carolina. Enjoy it now. That's how I feel. Same yeah. with Vegas. We win that game. Dallas, we win that game. Like, it's... That's how I'm feeling right now. That's what I'm telling myself to to make myself feel better at least, but it's working. I mean, it's not even like you're lying to yourself, right? Because you're not. No, that's the fun part. I mean, what did we talk about right before we hit record with, with Carter Gauthier and Mitchkov? If both of those guys become what they be, like, we, we all think they are, like that's our, our forward group is set. Like, we do not have to worry about signing the fucking big fish free agent or anything. I mean, like, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but, like, it's not something that has to happen because we have two guys who, I mean, Danny, I, I don't see how they those guys aren't top six guys in the NHL. I re- really don't. Excuse me. Something catastrophic, I really think we have to go wrong with Mitchkov not being a fucking top-line guy. And Cutter Goche, like you said before we hit record, has his question marks regarding some of his style of play. But at the end of the day, he's just so good in almost everything. It's just hard to see him not being an impactful NHL player. So it's insane to think about how our forward group with the guys that we have now and how they're continuing to develop, we have two of those guys coming. And it's not insane to say like those are locks to be star players, man. It's really not crazy to say that. I really don't think it is. Like is. I'm not just trying to be a homer because I'm, I'm obviously a Flyers fan. I really do think those two guys are just extreme locks to be at least star level players. If I really do. If Mitchkov's not a hundred point scorer in today's modern NHL, I'd be genuinely shocked. Genuinely dude, he might shocked. be when he, he dude, he might be a hundred point player when he comes over. Yeah. I agree. He he might be like forty goals, sixty assists, forty five, fifty five. He might have a stat line like that. Yeah, and I, I mean that, that's being realistic. Like yeah. you look at the kid play Insane. Like he's gonna thrive in the modern NHL around high level talent. That's what that's what I'm just gonna say. Could you imagine Mitchkov with on a team with actual talent? And I'm not saying H H uh, HC Sochi is completely lacking of talent because they're not. They have a couple of guys in their top six that are decent, but they're not on let Mitchkov's level. Not that a lot of guys are, but him like right Mitchkov on the Flyers right now in a top six role playing with Couturier or like Frost or Konechny or something like that. I, I don't see how he wouldn't be a point-per-game guy. I really don't. Uh, he's, yeah, right, he's yeah, right 
15 points in 17 games in Sochi right now. And that's after three or four games of him having, I think, zero points. I think it was three games. And that's because he just came back from illness that I think affected him a little bit more than uh, he kind of let it on. I think he was playing sick for a couple of games. Could have easily gotten points in those games, but didn't. So he still has 15 and 17 now. But this is without him having that three-point ga- that three point game or that four-point game, which everybody and their mom knows, even Montreal fans, that's coming. That will happen. So... Uh, yeah, it's just so exciting to know that we got those guys in our pockets. We got Bonk, who I was talking to Derek earlier. Say he becomes what we think he is. That's a guy who can play in the top four. He's probably ideally on your second line as your right-handed defenseman. He's not ideally your first top pair guy. Maybe he could develop in that, but if he, de- if he just develops into what we think he is right now, that's just a, a dude, a, a really, really solid second pair dude. That's three guys right now. That's three extremely important positions. Center, right wing, and then right defense that we have. And not to mention the goalies. So We have an important draft coming right here as well. With how many draft picks we're going to have for that. Like, what's... Two to three. What's going to happen at trade deadline time? So it is like I said, there's a lot to look at in within the season that we can definitely follow. So I'm just happy agree, hockey's back. We just talked about how the forward group is basically set and how we might yeah. not even need to fire the bullet in free agency. You can fire that bullet on defense. Like say Bonk doesn't yep. work out. Go out and all that cap space you opened up, you got Mishkov, Cutter on ELC. Go out and get that stud defenseman. Go out and make your pronger move. And yep. wouldn't it be fitting if Briere went out and did something like that? But I mean, they're I'm gonna have it. their move when 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 they're ready to go. I'm excited to see what it is, whether it's trade or or signing. But like you've already, like I've already heard Briere kind of like when people were asking him, oh, like when, how long do you think this is gonna last, or how long do you think this rebuild is gonna take? And he's always come back with. I never put a I never put a, a number on it. The players will decide and then you'll know when the rebuild's over because I'm gonna make a fucking move where everyone's gonna be like, Oh shit, yeah, they're done rebuilding, you know what I mean? Kinda thing. So I think that we'll be on here talking to each other and we're gonna look okay, whatever he just did, that's obvious that's obviously pointing to the fact that he's ready to fucking go. So I'm so excited to see what that move is, considering what we have coming in the pipeline. So it's not it's not hard to be optimistic about the Flyers team. Highly optimistic about the Flyers team right now. So. I think it's it's gonna come in like a storm when it finally happens. Too, I yeah. think the Flyers are eventually gonna sneak in one of these years. They're gonna lose in like six games to the first seed, but they're gonna play them competitively. And then that off season, Briere's gonna get moving. Mishkov's gonna come to North America, and then it's just gonna feel like everything's dialed up. I'm gonna say what everyone's fucking thinking. Give me one more. Bottom 12-ish, 13-ish year. And then make the playoffs next year. Like, obviously, I want to win games. I've enjoyed what I've watched. They've looked good. Can it... Will they sustain it? We'll see. One more year of just getting a a semi-high draft pick. And then, yeah, like you just said, that would be nice. Maybe next year, sneak into the playoffs. I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Just... I'm going to say... One more year. <laughs> you and, know? and more importantly, just get 
82 games, another 82 under the, the young kids' belts. Like, mm-hmm. Cam York, he's sitting at, I think it's 96 career games right now. Just getting an 82 set under him would be massive. Getting him up to 170, all that experience. Yeah. It's just, that's really what the season's been about. And that's why people were rightfully upset at seeing Frost sit for six games because it's like, this is what we're here for. We're here for the growth of these guys. Yeah, nothing else. But but if like if, if Frost doesn't if Frost doesn't come out of the lineup for the rest of the season, we're gonna look back on that and be like, yeah, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? If he's the what if he's the team leading point scorer for the next like three months, like he did the last. Night? I had that thought, dude. I was like, what if he just like continues to just play well like he did last night with Karen? And that's against a really good team who Torts pointed out in his press conference when talking about Frost is really fucking fast. Like that is a team that is big, skilled. And really fucking fast. So, like, we kept up with them. Frost kept up with them after not playing for six games. So, yeah, I had that thought. That would be cool to see. That would be kind of a fuck you to... Not Torch, because I don't think Torch has kind of fucked them. But his haters, at least, on uh, on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, if it happens again, you almost kind of have to... Like, okay, there's something to that. Like, the kid <laughs> definitely responds well. Like, can we admit that? Yeah. Like, Do you know what I was thinking? And What? Maybe it's just me thinking a little bit too hard, but I was like, maybe Torts did that as like a, let me bring him down and then like shoot him back up because I know he's going to respond to to the benching. Like, let me sh- kind of like push his confidence down a little bit. I know he'll respond well and have a solid game when he comes back. And then I'll talk a little bit. Then I'll talk good about him a little bit. And then he'll, he'll, he'll set off. I don't know if that's just me, but maybe he's just trying to push buttons with, with Frost. Maybe it was never actually about benching him. Five six games is a little, it's a little cruel, man. But I'm not. I think lie, the beginning of it was generally the team was playing. I mean, was I him trying to do that, and then it was like, okay, now I can't kind of put him back in because they're actually playing pretty good. I think it was that. No, it was a hundred percent that. Like, let's be real. It was. It was I'm sitting that. you for six games because you suck. That, that's not what yeah. it was. No, I mean the third game. What was that? That was the home opener against Vancouver. They shut him out. Mm-hmm. They shut him out two nothing. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Th- and they looked great. Like. The shot's 42-26. to 26. I'm looking at it right here. Zamula got a goal. Coots got that penalty shot goal. Like, they played fantastic in that game. So, it's kind of tough. And then the next game, they shut down Connor McDavid. It's <laughs> yeah, tough. that's what I mean. It's that's tough. what I mean. It's so. a tough look for Frost. And, you know, he... Responded well, though. He did. He always does. That's why I really don't get, like, the, the kind of the narrative on him that he's, like, some, like, lollygagging... Not serious, like not competitive, skilled player doesn't hit. Yeah, type of dude. I don't know. Like I, listen, he has his problems. I, I'm not gonna say he's perfect. I, I criticize Morgan Frost all the time. Like first two games of the season, he wasn't there for sure. Barely saw. Him. Yeah, but that whole line, to be honest. But getting him going is huge. Like we we can't deny that. We can't deny. A, and don't give me this bullshit like, oh, he got all his points against bad teams. I, that drives me up a fucking wall. It really I mean, does. If, yeah, if we're going to be technical, so to tip it, tip it got all of his goals against, like, the Sabres and, like, Arizona. It's like, what are we talking about here? It's like, all right, then you go back and show me examples of him playing good teams and show me him being ineffective. Go ahead. There, I mean, there wasn't many. There really wasn't many. He still looked no. decent. He was still making plays. That's what I'm saying. These people don't, like, watch... Deeply, I don't know. They, they're kind of giving into the narrative that other people put out on him, yeah. and I just hope it stops. Because at the end of the day, the, the kid's a flyer. I mean, he's a a late first round pick. 
cheap RFA player. Like, he shouldn't really be expected to be anything more than that. I feel like what he's done is actually exceeded expectations already, to be fair. I mean, you look at fucking Nolan Patrick. He's out of here. Yeah, so I mean, if we're going to go... I think people have that high expectation for him because of Nolan Patrick, to be honest with you, because he got hurt. Maybe. So they're like, okay, you were you were in the same draft in the same round. You have to be what Nolan Patrick was supposed to be. And I think that's an unfair expectation for Frost because and, and there's also this notion though that there, the fans overhyped him. Like there was there was people like people like us overhyped him. It's like no, it's like we can be excited about a kid putting up a hundred points in his D plus one year. I mean, any prospect you have that does that, that's worth being excited about. Yeah. And it's just, it's not surprising that his transition's taken a little bit. Like, people have this kind of, every time he doesn't do something, it's just, they dunk on it. It's crazy. Piles. It's like piling on him. Yeah, I know. It's just, and then like when he has a good three-game stretch, it's like, where, where's those comments now you know and like it's just only when he has like a bad game is when it pops up it's kind of frustrating to to go back and forth because it's not like we're defending him every time he has a bad game like yeah he has bad games it's he his problem is consistency and especially holding on to the puck when he's not playing morgan frost way it's him getting he's not him getting the puck off his stick almost immediately like him when he's confident he's like holding on to the puck skating up ice and he's a fast kid very good skater and when he's playing when he's on his game he's, he's trying to make plays with the puck he's holding on to the puck and you could just really notice his confidence and when he's not the puck is off his stick he's, he he has 30 second shifts like me and you always joked about it at the beginning of the season like yo Frost's 15 second shift is coming up soon like, he gets off the ice so quick when he's not confident because confident because he just doesn't want to fuck up kind of thing so that's what I think it is hope he continues to play the way he did yesterday because if he can continue to play the way he did against Carolina I mean, not every team's Carolina, you know what I mean? Like that's a really good fucking team over there. So we'll see how he uh, continues to do. I think he'll do well. So yeah, me too. I I, I just I can't wait to see the next excuse. Nah. But the, real quick, the Flyers did. Um, they loaned uh, Felix Sandstrom to the Phantoms on a conditioning stint. Guess to get get him going since he's been the the third guy here and he's not going to see any games with the Flyers. So go get him. Some games down there, get his bones moving, get the blood flowing, you know. Yeah, I mean, it clearly wasn't working out for him up here. Towards, didn't really like him from the jump. Oh, I wish him well. I hope he plays well. Though. Gotta think, you see him on waivers soon. Really, don't know what they're gonna do with him once that conditioning stint's over. Cause you, that, that that's like them kind of buying themselves time. Cause like when that ends, he comes back. He's not staying down. You know what I mean? It's not staying down there. So. Yep. Other goalies coming to the pipeline also. It's have to be made. That's all I got to say. Speaking of goalies, let's talk about Carter Hart so, uh, so far in the season. Because I feel like with the whole talk about stories within stories and not just looking at this team from a win-loss standpoint. But I, mean, I think he's really been a bright spot this year. For four wins, seven games started. He got a shutout already. 2.30 goals against average and a 9-2-1 save percentage. So, he's been really good. His last five games, he has a save percentage above 900 except one, and that's the Vegas game. So, impressive stuff from him. Really. He's been he's really a, good. He's everything to the team. Yeah. He really is. I mean, he always starts seasons well, but 
you know the collapse in the past has come because of the lack of play in front of him. Yeah. Like, the play in front of him has collapsed poorly. So, I don't know, it looks better this year, so hopefully he can keep going. He, he's the kind of guy, you don't really need to give him much. He, he can make he can bail you out of insane situations. Who but was you the, just got to give him enough. What was the game that Urson played where me and you were like, if Hart, if, if Hart plays that game, we win? Is it the Dallas game? Uh, probably, honestly, yeah, probably Anaheim. Yeah. Probably Anaheim, too. But yeah, I don't know. They both. Seven, but <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, Those Definitely two. Dallas, I think. If Hart's starting in Dallas, because Urson had a couple in Dallas where you were like, you got you to have that. The 3 so, 2 goal was weak. Yeah. It was so I, weak. I do think if Hart's starting in Dallas, that game is a lot closer than it was. And it was already kind of close. So I like to see it. I like to see the fight, Danny. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's better than in years past. It's like, uh, well, concerning the defense, is even if they're marginally better than how they were before, it, it's a win because they're much cheaper. There's not a lot of cost commitment to all of these guys. I mean, our defense was super expensive last year and terrible. Fucking atrocious. <laughs> so, like, it's like now they're properly paid yeah. to an extent. It's like they're all doing their part. I mean, York... I mean, we can awesome. get into him a little bit if you'd like to. Yeah, we can looks, get into the defense. The way York is embracing the, this, like, bigger role is, I mean, he's taking it in stride. For a guy who has less than 100 NHL games, he really, at times, looks like a, a straight-up veteran out there. His, his play is just so calm. It, it's just, I was telling my dad while we were watching the game yesterday, when he skates, like, poetry in motion, he's just... Even when he's under pressure, you don't see him. I mean, he might be panicking inside because you certainly don't see it from an outside perspective because that dude is just so calm under pressure. He gets the puck on his forehand, like spins, gets the puck up ice, or like if he needs a, a nice little chip right over the board to get it out, he does it. It's just his vision, his IQ, his skating. It's just as he gets older, he'll get more physical as he puts more weight on. And honestly, he grows that grown man strength because he is, he is just a kid. He's 21 years old. So it's nothing but good things to say about him. And I think, honestly, I mean, Sandheim's been good this year, but I think York's play back on his strong side has really, really elevated Sandheim's game. And Sandheim's game is what? Jumping up into play, getting through the neutral zone with his speed, trying to create something offensively. And that's essentially what Sandheim's done. Like, I mean, we've mentioned off record how many times we've seen Sandheim step up into the play this year, and he does look a little bit uh, – Stronger, um, definitely added some weight over the uh, over the off season. So nothing but good things to say about York because he's just been fucking fantastic. I mean, definitely some things to work on, but that's not anything crazy coming from a twenty one year old defenseman who has less than a hundred games in the NHL. So other than that, just nothing to complain about, man. He's been really good. Maybe more points, but that'll come. Yeah. I have no doubts. Right? It's just like it's crazy. I mean, he has three points, but. He's still one of the most noticeable players on the team. I think that just goes to show. Yeah, absolutely. How how impressive his start's been and the way that pair has played. Like it is, it's really refreshing to have a first pair that that is that's just activating. It's just activating play. They like, look good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very nice to watch. It's fun and they're they're getting really good opportunities because of those guys. They're on their game right now. So your ability. To defend a one-on-one rush with his stick is so fun to watch, dude. Like, he's, he's just only the way better too. The way he controls gaps is just insane. Like 
when he's skating backwards with a with a guy who's trying to swing out wide against him, he like gives him a little pocket of space to take, and then he gives it. He takes it right back. It's just like, he like sets the guy up. You know what I mean? Like baits him into taking the space. Like okay, let me back off here, take that space, and then I'm gonna cut you off right here and take it away from me. It's just it's like textbook fucking defense is what he plays fucking 85% of the time. It's just it's really fun to watch. So and Then he'll like get possession of the puck behind the net and do some slick play to get it slick. out of the zone. Like nothing yeah. outrageous, just slick. Just fucking simple. Gets the puck on either his deep partner stick or up into the play. Because like his, his breakouts are always just tape, in stride, beautiful breakout. Like There have been many times this year where I've been watching the game and I've just Audibly, been just good breakout, <laughs> nice breakout, beautiful breakout. It's just it has been fun to watch. Like they haven't been a total fucking disaster, which I've been accustomed to in their in their own zone trying to get out this year. They've I've actually have seen three passes in a row, Danny connect in stride. Nobody fumbled it or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like we've I feel like we've fought so much of that hockey lately in the last fucking yeah. decade. Weirdly enough, this team executes. I mean, sometimes when they're off, they're off. I'm not gonna lie. Like at the beginning of yesterday, like they looked kind of off. But when this team is on their game and executing, they look better than some of the, as a whole. Those Drew teams, when they would be act like some, bro, there would be games in the Drew era, <laughs> the, the Drew Hackstall era, like three, four game stretches where they're they're just overpassing and not connecting on. No one's wow. corralling a pass. It'd be like Drew Coots, back to Drew over to Belmar. Plays dead. Belmont. Plays dead. Over to Vanderbilt, he plays dead. Like, the Weiss played dead. There's just... I don't know. It's, it's, it's been fun hockey to watch. Like, they're they're actually... They got sneaky skill. I mean, we said it a couple yeah. episodes ago. Like, they've been taking it to some top teams. They've been competing. In da- that Dallas game, they were down 4-2 in the third period. Took a penalty. Cam York goes to the box. You're, you're like, number one defenseman goes to the box. You score two shorthanded goals to tie the game. Like I don't know that 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 was uh that was pretty telling, ballsy right? I feel like yeah. that's a good word for it. That it was it's a ballsy fucking effort, yeah for sure. They don't I mean, give up. Honestly, if you put this team against what what Drew team were you talking about? What year was that? That that year Hacksaw got fired because that team was fucking brutal. Dude. Hacksaw got fired. What was that? Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, eighteen, nineteen. Eighteen, nineteen. So yeah. you put this team up against that team, I, I genuinely think this team dog walks them. <laughs> oh no, th- th- this is exactly the kind of team that we would be like going into the game expecting to win against, and they just outwork and walk us. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, the John Tortorella team that just chips away and just absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Let's, I'm just excited uh, to keep continuing watching them and see if this. I mean, obviously, like the skill gap is going like as other teams get more comfortable, and that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like as they get more comfortable and we get into more games, I think the the, the skill gap is going to show a little bit. But like like you said, there, we have sneaky skill, so I do think that we're going to keep up a little bit. But how much is it? Like how much are we going to keep up? Is my question. You know what I mean? Like how much can that skill develop this year? Like how much can Bobby Brink give us this year? Like this has been fun, but like can he actually sustain that? And I'm not saying it's a bad thing if he can't because he's still a young kid, but if he does, that's a whole different fucking thing we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like if he actually stays on the pace that he's on, that's 70 points, dude. If Bobby Brink scores 70 points this year, we have to, have to sit down and have a fucking conversation. 
You know what I mean? Like that's like, a star things player. Things could play out that way. Like things do, could play out. Do you know like, what I'm saying though? Off. No, I agree. Yeah, it's like we we, we gotta we kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, like if that would be crazy if he's generally a seventy point player, which he's on. Like that's the pace that he's on. And I'm not saying he's going to keep on that, but that's a conversation we'd have to have to sit down and, and talk about. You know what I mean? Like that'd be fucking nuts. That that's a that's another player that we can add when we're just talking about Cutter Gauthier and, and Mitch Koff or something like that. Like those are the questions that we're trying to figure out. You know, this is what this is about. These next couple of years is just figuring out who these guys are and. I said it, what, last episode, two episodes ago? I want that surprise with a prospect. You know what I mean? I want to, oh, he wasn't supposed to be that good. I, maybe Bobby Brink is that guy, Danny. Maybe Bobby Brink, I mean, we, we liked him coming out. We thought he was going to be good. I had him as like a middle six uh, playmaker, but I didn't think he was this good. You know what I mean? Like, if he's that guy that exceeds expectations and just turns into a fucking top-line guy who scores 70, 80 points at 21, 22 years old, then, like, that's what I was asking, asking, asking to, to, to stumble into some luck. And if we come around, if York keeps continuing to play well and Brink continues to do his thing, I mean, like, we look back at that 2019 draft, like, fuck Cole Caulfield. Like, Cole Caulfield's awesome, but I would... Once or rather have Cam York and Bobby Brink. You know what I mean? If both those guys continue up on this trend. That's why you don't talk about drafts fucking two years after they happen or a year after they happen. Like, I'm still not going to talk about it more than I just did for at least two, three more years. You know what I mean? Until these guys are like 25, 26 years old. And then I think it's safe to say who they are. Maybe a little yeah, bit later yeah. than what, that. 27, 28 for defensemen. Getting the Canadians down the line. Yes. when we're both good again. That would be yeah. so... Like, let's just settle it. Let's just see. Them and the Islanders is who I want, dude. That, that Those bubble playoffs fucking rubbed me the wrong way. I want to see Montreal in Philly, and I want to see the Islanders in Philly. We got the Islanders twice this month. I mean, like, playoff, but yeah. I'm excited for yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I want them bad, though. Bad, dude. Is there anything in Flyers land that we haven't, like, touched about? Like, or Am I forgetting anything? Would we, Cutter, Mitchkov... Hart's been awesome. There hasn't been any other prospect updates that have been like uh, Maximo uh, Maximo Rizzo or am I saying that wrong? He's been good. Uh, we traded for him in that D'Angelo trade. Um, I don't think there's anything else. I just wanted to make sure everything was covered because we've got a couple games coming up here against Buffalo, Danny. This home and home. Tomorrow, Dude, actually, TNT. the schedule. Schedule not looking too bad for the next five. Like, listen to this. Got- this month isn't bad at all. Nah, towards the end though, you got a lot of divisional opponents where it could get yeah, a little dicey. That. But, but in the beginning, not yeah, bad. Go ahead, go ahead. Buffalo, Buffalo. I feel like we always play that team well. It's all. It's fun. always in. Yeah, I hope it's an entertaining game at least. Oh, seven thirty on Saturday. I like that. Ten thirty yeah, on Angeles Tuesday. Kings. Damn. Sharks, Ducks. I mean, these are all beatable opponents if we're playing our game. Kings again. The Kings are probably the toughest one in that bunch right there that ducks game scares me though danny that that sounds like a, a 10 o'clock game in uh, in why do ducks i feel like arena. we always win that game though the in anaheim game i feel like we always win it do so, you know like know. every time i see that we're gonna be away over there i always think of that briere to the Giroux overtime goal it was the five on three yeah where briere like faked the slap shot and then fed g right next to him and yeah the slap shot beautiful and fist pump 
to the yeah. away crowd. Yeah, dude, so fucking sick. I miss that shit. But yeah, the, the schedule isn't bad. I'm excited to watch that TNT game tomorrow at home. Buffalo TNT. That's a. I'm here for it, Danny. Yeah, let's go. I mean, come on. I, I want a game out of the boys after that one. I think they'll. And I nice. think they'll be ready. I think they'll be ready for this game. I mean, for sure. you have to think that they want to win one. It's probably a sour taste in their mouths now. But at the end of the day, like if this team could just close out games or had enough skill to win an OT, I mean, the start could actually be a real impressive start. But there's obviously just a lot of growing pains here. and That will come, absolutely. So we got to take it in stride, Danny. We got to take it in stride. Not get too high, not get too low, Danny. Objective. <laughs> yep, that's Objective why I really is haven't been upset. The Ottawa yeah. game. The Ottawa game was, and maybe the Anaheim game, just because we were playing well up into that game. And I, I yeah. was really expecting a better performance out of us in that one. That was a little disappointing. But outside of that, like, I'm yeah. genuinely, like, the way they came out in Vegas, the way they came out in Dallas. Awesome. I wasn't expecting that. When, when no, they went down 4-2 in Dallas, I, I, I almost wanted to stop watching the game. But then they, they came back. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. I don't, so it's worth watching. I mean, look at the Delorier shift a little. Like, the team's fun right now. It's they fun. Are. They are. They're playing hard, man. I'm, I'm excited to see how they can continue. And like I said, tomorrow, prime time game. Like, I'm here for it. So we'll see how things shake out. Uh, is, that, before, is that the end of this episode? or? Yeah, I mean, before we move on, I do want to talk about uh, that tragedy that happened. But before we talk about it, I do want to rest in peace, Adam Johnson. Definitely uh, thoughts and prayers out to his family, friends, and teammates. I mean, just a literal, a literal horror, uh, horror scene. Just tragedy. Just awful, awful stuff. So, just wanted to reach reach out for TLY. Definitely gives their condolences to everybody involved because that's just not something that you want to see, man. That's just awful stuff. The absolute, absolutely shocking to watch. Uh, I I, I didn't even my watch timeline. it to be honest. I think I accidentally watched it. Yeah. Like, I, I like, thought it was like a highlight at first or something. Oh, and then I watched man, it and I was like, what the? Like, twenty heart dropping stuff. Just absolutely fucking tragic, man. But I I do want to talk about. I mean, obviously, that's just that's going to strike up conversation about the neck, the neck guards and if the NHL should mandate them. And I mean, I talked about it a little bit on the timeline. I, and I don't want to spend too much on this subject because, I mean, it is still just new and just an open wound and. Just a terrible fucking tragedy. But I do think personally, maybe not mandating them, but strongly, strongly, strongly suggesting that these guys should wear something. Because, I mean, for me, this is the way I look at it. It's a small, small accessory that they wear that could potentially save their lives that really doesn't inconvenience anybody. And honestly... It looks cool. I always thought Thomas Pekanek looked really, really fresh with that neck brace. That I mean, the neck guard that he always wore. Um, so, I mean, like, number one, you're protecting your players. And then number two, it looks good. And I think it gives a nice aesthetic look to the uniform. So, I mean, it's, I, I think it's a win-win. Obviously, you get into to tricky waters when you want to mandate something. Um, but, I mean, they did it with the shields, right? I mean, they went I, from... I was oh, just yeah, going to say man. that. Like, so... Like- People bitch about the visors, but at the yeah. end of the day, it, it works. I mean, and it it's works. for your fucking safety. You know what I mean? Like we're so not. Like, yeah, like f- like fuck your comfortability. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like these yeah. players, like it was the same thing with the visor. Like players are just comfortable a certain way, but it's like 
it's like the, the game is on ESPN now. The game wants to get bigger and bigger. You, you like you can't have stuff like this happening, man. Yeah. Like, that's just tragic. Like absolutely, if terrible, you can man. take steps to avoid it, I think you should. Yeah, absolutely. I think I everyone agree. should feel that way. Uh, yeah, it's just I just wanted to talk about that real quick, but just rest in peace, Adam Johnson. Absolutely. So, but I think do think that's it. I think that would be episode. 102, Danny. Yep, episode 102 on Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. You can follow us on all socials at the Liberty L. Follow me on Twitter at TLY Danny. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. And go floor.